SilverStreetEnroll.com or follow us on social at LakersSBN. I'm Christian Rivas and joined, uh, and I'm joined as I am every week uh, by Jacob Rood, who is, this, this is our second show together. I thought the first one went pretty well, so let's uh, try to build I'm glad on it. I'm glad I wasn't one and done and fired after one episode. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm glad you didn't resign from your position because uh, that would have been wonderful as well. I do uh-huh. not like how much I can't tweet while working at this <laughs> podcast, so I just have to go be me. That's so funny. Um, it's been over a week since Magic Johnson shocked the world by announcing that he just wasn't happy anymore and wasn't going to show up to work, which, by God, what a... It's everybody, that's everybody's dream. <laughs> that's the dream everybody has like when they don't want to go to work, like before they wake up and go to work. It's like, today is going to be the day I tell my boss, I'm not happy anymore, and I have to look out for me. But um, fortunately, not all of us are, are billionaires. Um, so for a can... while, I thought that I wanted to quit by going in and saying my watch has ended, but now I just want to do what Magic did and just not tell my boss and like <laughs> post on Facebook that I yeah. quit. Or like a Periscope. Just, yeah. just go on Instagram Live and say, what's up, everybody? I got a big announcement. Hope you're watching. Exactly. Not even tell my boss and just hope people tell her. <laughs> um, it's been a week and nothing on their end as far as a having a potential replacement lined up up until yesterday. And let me preface with this with saying this should be taken with a huge grain of salt because I personally have nothing against Colin Cowherd. I understand he has a job he has to do. Uh, but when it comes to reporting, uh, Colin Cowherd isn't my go-to guy, and I, I I can't speak for anybody else. But if Colin Cowherd is your go-to guy, uh, I'd, I'd seriously do some some reevaluation. <laughs> Point being, uh, Colin Cowherd on his show, The Herd with Fox Sports One yesterday, reported that the Lakers had somebody lined up. Uh, for that front office role, the president of basketball operations role. But the reason they haven't reached out to him is because he's currently working with the playoff team. And, you know, on the surface, that seems like something someone would buy. Like, oh, I get it. He's in the middle of a playoff run. Lakers don't want to interfere with that. Uh, But there's nothing saying that they can't. Because, for, for example, on Wednesday... Uh, Woj reported that the Timberwolves had been given permission to speak to L.A. Clippers general manager Michael Winger for their president of basketball operations role. Uh, The Lakers could do the same exact thing um, with anybody in the NBA, whether it's, you know, somebody like Sam Presti, Bob Myers, um, you know, really anyone. And... All they'd have to do is ask. And the only reason I think that they'd be keeping this under wraps um, is because they're confident that their request would be denied. 
right now at this moment. Uh, but at that point, like any talk with another team employee without permission from the team is considered tampering. <laughs> yeah, massive tampering violation. Yeah. So it's uh, I think it's unlikely. The but. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't write it off entirely, but for a franchise that um, repeatedly has been in the uh, crosshairs for tampering, I cannot imagine a worse idea than having a secret president of basketball operations signing off on all kinds of things while also running another team. And But, okay, so that was the first part of the report, and again... Uh, Colin Cowherd, I take anything he says with a grain of salt. But Arash Markazi, and forgive me if I'm butchering that name, uh, columnist for the LA Times, has been pretty plugged into the Lakers over the past few years, um, confirmed Cowherd's report that Palinka's not going to get the number one job, which is good news. I can speak for myself, and I think I speak for you as well, uh, that... I, I don't think anybody wants to see Palinka have that uh, de facto president of basketball operations role uh, as a full-time job. Uh, no, but I mean, yeah, I don't want to see it. It's just odd that they would be operating with him making all these decisions even then. Yeah, because at that point you'd be operating backwards. Like you're having your general manager sign off on his boss uh, before – you know, they hire anybody, sign off on a head coach. Um, all signs point to Polinka assuming that role for the rest of the season, and that's kind of what Ramona Shelburne uh, of ESPN was saying on Mason in Ireland yesterday, uh, and I'm going to use a direct quote. She says, no, I don't think there is a replacement lined up, and it's because I'm usually pretty good at telling when people are lying to me, and I just don't think they are. I've called, I've tried to listen, I've tried to have my detector on, and I don't think so. Uh, and the most telling part of Ramona's reporting to me uh, was when she told uh, John and Mason, um, she said, they, they asked her, do you believe, do you buy into these reports? And she said, no. Uh, she gets where these rumors are coming from, but, and this is her quote, I don't trust those people more than I trust the people who are really making those decisions. And at that point, she might as well explicitly say, listen, I've talked to Jeannie. This is what she's yeah, telling Exactly. She's always had Jeannie's ear. Um, I think she was the one who wrote the big Jeannie profile whenever Jeannie took control of the team. Um, I don't know that there's anybody, honestly, that I would trust more with Lakers, like rumors, than Ramona. Um, so yeah, if Ramona's saying it's not true, like, I'm gonna take that over whatever coward or really anybody else says. Right, and especially right now, because I made, I made this point on Twitter yesterday, I get that, uh, you can make the argument that Ramona and Woj, during the Magic Johnson regime, were closed off on any leaks, like, they were definitely, especially during the Anthony Davis trade saga, it was prevalent or apparent that... Um, Ramona and Woj weren't as plugged in as other reporters like, you know, Chris Haynes, Tony Ganguly, Brad Turner, um, all those guys. But right now, 
Uh, the only person whose voice in the organization really matters is Jeannie Buss. And for years now, if nothing else, Ramona Shelburne has been a very liable, reliable Jeannie Buss source. Uh, and if if we're going to take that for what it is, which I think we absolutely should, um, you know, Ramona's really one one of the most plugged in people in the business right now. I don't. Yeah, like I said, I don't think there's anybody um, more plugged in with the Lakers. It was pretty clear, kind of reading between the lines, as you said, the people who had. Um, I guess Magic's ear, the source sourcing with him, and all those people have kind of went silent. Um, in in these in this last week, with all these rumors flying around. Um, so yeah, I, Ramona's the one that's going to. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know that anybody else has really reported too much um, about the Lakers, other than Ramona. There's been stuff here and there in the last week, but. Ramona's really the only one out there reporting anything, and just about any time she's on, she has some. She's either refuting some port like, report like this, or she's um, sharing something else. None of it has been particularly good, but she yeah. has <laughs> she has been sharing a lot of things, and she's about. I mean, this is like this is a really weird time with the Lakers and with the front office, and she's about the only person I trust in terms of reports right now because. Um, I there's so many other reports and rumors and everything that it's hard to grasp what is and isn't true and who who's leaking what. Most of the stuff I think is coming from agents and from the other parties and not from the Lakers right now. Right, and I think if you've been in this business long enough, and I've been covering the team for three years, I think you've been doing this for about as long, if not longer. Yeah, um, Dwight, the Dwight Mayor was my first year. Oh no, yeah, I think the um, I I have not covered a Lakers playoff team, which you know, take it for what it is. And I it might, and honestly, might be me. I mean, Harrison was talking well, about Harrison too. I don't think he's yeah. covered a playoff team. <laughs> I think I think he might have covered the Dwight Mayor team, which I mean, for for all lack of success that they had, they were still a playoff team. I barely consider that team a playoff team because <laughs> I have blocked out those playoffs. God, those were awful. Oh, yeah. Um, and the sad part about it is that during that time, I had talked myself into, like, the Lakers can be uh, – who was it, San Antonio in the first round? <laughs> yeah, I had, they I had obliterated talk- us. <laughs> I had talked myself into, like, you know, they have enough talent to be a Greg Popovich coach. Uh, <laughs> to be young and naive again. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The point being, they haven't been in the playoffs for a little while. Uh, and when, when you cover this team long enough, I think you can get the sense of where the leaks are coming from. Of course, we we don't know for sure where the leaks are coming from, but the verbiage that's being used in reports and tweets after a while, you kind of get a good idea. And as, as far as we know, Ramona's most reliable source is going to be Jeannie. And the interesting thing that Ramona... Uh, reported, or not necessarily reported, but pointed out um, was, I guess, that Jeannie Buss, the reason she hasn't been been made available for public comment, or really hasn't been in the public eye since all of this went down, is because she's in the hospital with her mother uh, in Las Vegas, and I guess she's been there for a few weeks, so 
uh, our thoughts go out to her. I hope everything, um, you know, goes well goes well on that end with her family. Uh, but that might explain why we haven't heard any whispers of them searching for a president of basketball operations. I think if you're going to be looking for a silver lining in all this or an explanation, it might be you might take it as okay, Rob's running the ship right now because Jeannie's occupied with her family, and when she gets back, perhaps uh, that search for a new president of basketball operations will get rolling. That is an incredibly optimistic viewpoint, and I mean, maybe maybe your hope is that, I mean, again, it wouldn't really explain why you would hire a head coach and let Palenka continue making decisions. I guess in terms of player personnel right now there aren't really any decisions to make um but in terms of hiring a head coach i don't know why you would do that now and not let the president have a role in that but mm-hmm. um i mean i in some ways i guess i could see it i mean i think Jeannie posted the other night a picture of her with her mother in the hospital um so yeah i mean that that makes sense why she's been so quiet and why she's been um kind of away from from the spotlight and whatnot so maybe i mean i don't i don't think it's too far-fetched to think she's just kind of letting everyone else deal with things right now um and that she may come back and take a more kind of central role but i mean even if that's the case and even if they do intend on hiring a president it's still a bad process to let the guy who may or may not have a job in Palenka moving forward be in charge of hiring a head coach. That would just be a really awkward process. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping, and again, we've seen a lot of, I don't want to say negative takes, but we've seen a lot of realistic takes on Twitter, and most of it's not great. So I'll take the glass half full approach and say that I, maybe Palenka's doing the first part of this interview process is uh you know getting all the intel he can on these coaches in the meantime because after all the draft lottery if i'm not mistaken is may 14th yeah i think it might yeah yeah that sounds about right it's early may i know that um so that's coming up real soon and they're gonna have to wrap this head coaching search up rather quickly and if, if, if it's going to be, you know, of the difference between a few weeks, like, if, that, the, my point being, they can't afford to wait that extra few days or weeks that it's going to take for Jeannie to come back to that front office role. Mm-hmm. So if their plan is to let Jeannie run, or sorry, Palenka run the ship, in the meantime, until until Jeannie returns, I think, you know, that's not a bad place to go. Yeah, and there, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, there probably isn't a ton of urgency to hire a head coach right now. Um, it's not like there's some big name out there on the market that everybody's after that is available, um, unless I'm just blanking on someone entirely. But I don't think there's anyone that is... Uh, is available that everybody's going to be chasing after. So in that regard, there's not a ton of urgency. It just would be nice to get somebody in the building and start familiarizing themselves with uh, 
the team and in the situation they're getting themselves into basically but from that standpoint I maybe maybe Rob is just kind of doing the the fact finding almost part of these interviews and just the uh, initial interviews again it'd be weird to do one interview with Palinka and then have a president come in with a second interview um so I don't know. I, I basically I think all signs point to Palinka staying, which I think is something that uh, Ramona said um, in that same radio interview. So maybe Palinka is just doing round one. They intend on hiring a president, and they both do round two. Um, that would be my best guess right now if they still intend. All right. Well, after a few technical difficulties, we're back. Uh, Jacob, what what happened? Because we were talking, and then it just stopped. You stopped. This is going to be groundbreaking (laughs) information, but Comcast is bad. Oh, no. (laughs) That's what it boils down to. I have Comcast. My internet went out. I only realized it after you weren't replying to me. And then I called Comcast to see what was happening, and they're like, yeah, your internet will be back in about three hours. That is not great, uh, especially as it pertains to our podcast, uh, because we <laughs> usually operate via Skype. But uh, we found a backup plan. Shout out to Uber Conference Calls. Uh, <laughs> sponsor us, why don't you? Might as well. Um, <laughs> uh, so to pick to pick up where we left off, uh, the Lakers are still, we hope, conducting a search for a president of basketball operations and a name that's popped up on Lakers Twitter quite often. Uh, and understandably so is Jerry West and Jerry West. We've talked about him on this pod before having Jerry West uh, at, with the Lakers would be phenomenal. Not because he's a former Laker. Cause we've seen how far just having that gets you uh, with this team. Uh, but he's proven at the highest executive level as as a president of basketball operations with the Grizzlies, with the Warriors, and most recently with the Clippers, who annihilated the Warriors the other day uh, in game two of, of that Western Conference playoff series. So Jerry West knows what he's doing. The only problem is, and we mentioned this on last week's episode, I think anybody hanging on to hope that Jerry West is on his way shouldn't waste their time waiting around. And the that that was just pure speculation. Obviously, you and I don't have uh, very many inside sources, if any. Um, so Sam Amick recently caught up with Jerry, the logo, uh, to talk about you know his future with LA, which could end this summer because he only signed on for two years. Uh, but, um, but anyway, point being Sam Amick talked with Jerry West, uh, asked him about his experience with the Clippers, uh, the rumors with the Lakers. And during that conversation, he said that he doesn't know, he, he hasn't been contacted by the Lakers. He doesn't know what's going on there. And Amick himself reported uh, quote, sources say that a similar role with the Lakers was never offered to West back then, back then being when uh, Jeannie Buss fired Jim, Bo- Jim Buss off into the sun. Um, 
And he said, and there's no indication that Bus is attempting to woo uh, him to her side this time around either, despite Shaq advocating for such a move recently on TNT. Uh, it's not ideal that they're not even reaching out to Jerry and asking if he has any interest in, in taking the job. There's there's a lot of reasons. Um, the The relationship with West and the Lakers has been rocky. I think we talked about that a bit last week. Um, he, him and Phil Jackson didn't really get along too well. Um, I believe he said in his book that he wasn't, he didn't really like that Phil Jackson was trying to date Jeannie. He he saw some issues there, and there was a, there was just kind of a lot of messy stuff with with all that without diving too deep into it. Um, so that alone, I think, would probably make Jeannie apprehensive. Um, and then yeah, I mean, for all the reasons that we've talked about and everybody else has talked about. The Lakers are kind of a mess right now, <laughs> to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see why Jerry West would leave a Clippers organization that in seemingly ever, every way right now is just better run and better operated than the Lakers. Right. To and, come, they have, to come and they have to a the billion Lakers. dollar. Yeah. And they have a billion dollar owner who will empty his pockets to make sure he sticks around. Yeah, I mean, he would just have to really have some type of deep loyalty ties to the Lakers to want to come to L.A., um, or he just really wants to help his son succeed. And, I mean, you he would need those ties to be <laughs> really deep to leave the situation the Clippers have to come to this Lakers situation right now. So, I mean, just that alone, just – going from the Clippers to the Lakers right now is it's already, it would already take a huge leap um, to come to that conclusion. Even if you didn't have the kind of other baggage with Jerry West's kind of strained relationship with the Lakers and none of, and I think we mentioned last week, I mean, none of that even mentions that he tried to come back one other time. And before he went to the Clippers and was turned away. So, I mean, right. um, I think the days of Jerry West working with the Lakers are pretty much done at this point. Yeah. And I, I mean, in his defense, in his interview with Amick, uh, he said that he doesn't have any problems uh, with the Lakers. He says, Quote, well, I think for some, well, I think for some reason people think that I don't like the Lakers uh, and that is not even close to being true. My life has been the Lakers. It's an iconic brand, but there are things that happen, things that happen where everyone is trying to look for a reason that they happen. And if somebody wants to walk away and Irvin did it, there had to be reasons, but he did it. And honestly, he looked like he was a happy camper. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like, Jerry is closed-minded to the idea of working with the Lakers, but I think you can connect the dots on both parties, uh, especially with, again, Genie or nobody on the Lakers end reaching out to Jerry, knowing that he's going to be a free agent this summer, asking, you know, picking his brain, asking him where he's at with the organization. Um, That's not great. So my question to you, Jacob, and it's kind of a tough question, 
if Jerry West isn't coming to save the Lakers, who is? I mean, it's a kind of a trick answer, but I don't think anybody is. Um, and I, I said that um, last week. I would be stunned if they brought an outsider in for a lot of reasons that have kind of started to come to fruition. They just haven't hired from the outside. Um, it's appearing more and more like Jeannie's flaw and potentially could be her fatal flaw with right. this organization. Um, and they just don't, I don't know what it is, but they, they want the Lakers to feel like a family, I guess, or, I mean, I get it from a sense that it's owned by a family, but it doesn't have to be kind of operated in the same accord. But, I mean, I I still think that the end result is Palenka will be promoted, I guess, or upgraded or whatever to president. Um, they will make um, Jesse Buss, who's currently the assistant GM, they'd make him the GM. And then just kind of promote people, Joey and Ryan West, along the line, and and hopefully make their voices a little louder in the room, and just kind of run it like that. Um, I think right now that's probably the best case scenario we could hope for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've kind of held firm all along that I never really thought they were going to bring anybody from the outside in because that's just not how they've operated. And I think that's prob that's the overwhelming feeling with the fan base right now, and it's it's probably the direction they're leaning. I think I don't think promoting Jesse or Ryan to that, you know, to to a higher role is I don't want to say unlikely, uh, but I, I, I even then, even if they do, we've heard enough reports um, that the way Polinka works, even if Jesse and Ryan were given more positions of authority, the chances of them having a more prominent voice in the organization when it comes to decision-making, um, at the end of the day, Polinka is going to have that final say. And if he's not listening uh, to anybody outside of himself, or if, if he's, you know, a stubborn general manager, that's not a good, it's not a good way to operate in a team situation. Um, and I think the reason, the understated reason that I think Jeannie sticks with Polinka, uh, or has stuck with Polinka so far, is because Jeannie's really big on loyalty. And, mm-hmm. you know, for all the faults about Polinka, he's, from what we know, been a more day to day guy than Magic Johnson ever was during his time as an executive with the Lakers. Uh, he didn't quit his job via a press conference. Uh, last week. Um, so there's, I, I think Jeannie's at a point where she feels the need to reward Palenka for sticking by her throughout all of this, through throughout all the criticism that she faced last season. Um, I, it's just, it, that's the direction this seems to be all heading. And, you know, I get it. Jeannie's human and she feels like she needs to stick to the people that have done best by her. But she also runs a basketball team. And I think you can make a very compelling argument uh, that there are more qualified guys out there on the market than Rob Polinka, which is ultimately what this yeah. comes down to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you could hardly have less qualified in terms of just like physical years of service. You could have hardly have anyone less qualified than Polinka because he literally went straight from being an agent to being the GM of arguably the biggest franchise in all of sports. Um, the only name that I'd kind of, I don't even know that it's held out hope, but because he's been kind of rocky of late, but the only name that I was kind of looking at was Pat Riley because, I mean, he checks all the boxes of being a, a former Laker and part of that whole kind of family dynamic. Um, but he came out and said, I think, outright that he didn't want to go back to the Lakers, um, that he wanted to finish his career with the Heat. Um, he, Like I said, he's – I mean, just take a glance at the Heat's salary cap right now. It's been very up and down as to um, how successful he's been, but he's a guy that commands respect um, and he's experienced. And it's low bars right now, but those are those are two qualifications that um, would make him paired with him being a Laker, which is apparently a qualifier for all this. He would have been the best fit, but yeah, he's not coming back. Um, there, and if, as we said, if Jerry West isn't coming back, there really, again, unless I'm blanking on a name, there really isn't a name out there that um, fits the mold of, well, there is one name, Phil Jackson, I guess, technically. But, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, other than Phil Jackson, um, there is no other name of a GM or a president who was a Laker and has experience. That. Uh, I'd say is unlikely um, for a few reasons. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope so. And I think the most obvious being that LeBron James hates his guts. And uh... yeah, that was the one I, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't, uh, sa- it doesn't seem like him and Jeannie had like a bad breakup, but right. yeah, uh, because he, he's, I guess he has some type of like weekly meeting in at the, I remember it came out during the season like he was there during like a media availability and people kind of freaked out and then it was like oh no he's here all the time but yeah I mean him and LeBron are nowhere near on working terms there's no way LeBron would sign off on that but yeah I mean that was just simply a name throwing out that <laughs> apparently fits the qualifications of being a Laker which is why other than I mean, Pat Riley was about the only one I considered. So, yeah, that's why I, that was part of the reason why I thought they would just hire within and promote within. That, so the, that that's just one mess the Lakers have to deal with cleaning up right now is that president of basketball operations position. The other, uh, their other chance of, I guess, redemption is going to be at that head coaching position. And they've already interviewed one person, uh, them and him being Monty Williams, uh, the an assistant with the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, has some head coaching experience with the New Orleans Pelicans, coaching Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, uh, some experience in the San Antonio Spurs front office, which I think more than anything probably uh, tips on, on my scale, tips it more in his favor. Uh, and they're going to interview Tyron Lue tomorrow. The show goes up on Thursday. So uh, it would be tomorrow they're going to talk to Tyron Lue. 
And then Jawan Howard is the other name that has popped up, uh, a Miami Heat assistant involved with player development and defensive coordination. Um, certainly qualified candidates, but which one of them fits what the Lakers are trying to do the most, do you think? So I would say that Monty Williams is a tremendous like person. Um, he's a really great guy. He seems everybody seems to like him. Um, so, but also Luke Walton was a really great guy. So I mean, we we've kind of seen how that works out. Um, I'd done a little bit of digging on Monty Williams. It, it was such a long time ago when he coached the the Pelicans. Well, I mean, it feels like a long time ago. It was, I guess it was only 2014-15 was his last year. But he coached there for five years, and um, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. In about, I think, three of those years, they were 30th in pace. They were never higher than 20th. So just in that regard, it would be a drastically different team. Right. But also, like you said, he he's had a lot of stops since he left the Pelicans. Um, and so I guess maybe you would hope that he would have gained some knowledge and maybe he would adapt to the players he has. I mean, for all the faults Luke Walton had, I think the best offensive style for this team is to push the pace um, because that's where Lonzo succeeds at. LeBron's always been great at stuff like that. Um, but the problem is he has so many question marks about his kind of X's and O's, which is something we literally just went over with Luke Walton. Um, I think there's less question marks there with Ty Lue. Um, I think at times he's taken a little bit too much, I guess, criticism for how things went in Cleveland. I thought he was fine. Um, I mean, I, I think he probably doesn't get quite enough credit for the the comeback in the finals um i mean obviously the brown and kyrie played out of their minds but um i mean we've seen i mean he was a competent head coach is basically where i'm getting at which again low bar but um he has shown some kind of x's and o's abilities which was luke walton's weakness juan howard is a complete wild card to me uh and i think to everybody um, he's been an assistant in Miami. He has connections to LeBron, basically. I mean, all three of these guys do. It's pretty clear that um, that's a prerequisite for the coach, and you don't, I can't really blame him on that. Um, I have absolutely no idea what to expect with Joan Howard. I think this team needs someone that's more proven right now cause I, and somebody who's kind of been through it because they're going to come in to a organization that's a mess and they're going to be expected to win. And Tyloo was in an organization that was a mess and went to the finals and won multiple times. So, or well, they went to the finals multiple times and won out of the three. I would think Tyloo would be the one that I'd prefer most. And the, and the reason for that, and I agree because I think Monty Williams would be a good coach. And to your point about them having LeBron James connections, I think the reason Monty Williams is the favorite uh, in some circles is because he has the least amount of connections uh, to LeBron James. And, you know, that's kind of, I don't want to say a hot take, 
but it sounds ridiculous because, you know, of course you want a coach that has ties to LeBron James and LeBron James feels comfortable with. Uh, but we've heard reports over the last few weeks that there's kind of this ongoing power struggle between uh, Jeannie Buss and LeBron James camp in the sense that Jeannie really wants to make it clear that the Lakers aren't being ran by LeBron James and clutch sports. And I get the reason for her doing that because uh, Zach Lowe reported on the Woj and Lowe playoff special the other day that he's heard from agents and players that they want to know the same thing, that the situation they're going to go into in free agency this summer, they want to know that LeBron James isn't pulling the strings behind the scenes. So I get all of that, which is why I think Monty Williams, uh, you know, checks all the boxes for the Lakers side. I don't know if he checks the boxes for LeBron side and that, you know, having to check all those boxes is going to be really, really, really complicated uh, for the Lakers uh, trying to please LeBron and, and Jeannie bus. And I think if you're going to, if, if you have to choose between one or the other, I agree. I think you go with LeBron James because ultimately what they're trying to do within the next two years is win a championship with LeBron James. Uh, so if you're trying to do that, I think the immediate candidate or the favorite candidate is absolutely Tyron Lue. Um, the one thing that I think is understated about Tyron Lue's run with the Cleveland Cavaliers is that they were a really, really good offensive team uh, all three and three years and six games he was there. Um, he's a very good offensive coach. Defensively, it's kind of a mixed bag. I know that last year uh, LeBron James was with Cleveland. He was, I mean, they were ranked 28th in the league, or if not 29th in the league in defensive rating. But then again, you look at that roster, you have guys like Isaiah Thomas, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, um, you know, not exactly defensive stalwarts. So I think Tyron Lue is probably the most qualified candidate to take over that head coaching job. The question, though, is are the Lakers, is the Lakers brass comfortable bringing on Tyron Lue, knowing um, the connections he has to LeBron and knowing how much LeBron likes him? I think at times, and like I said, like you said, there's almost kind of this negative, almost kind of connotation with kind of LeBron and Ty Lue and whatnot. Like, Ty Lue got the best out of LeBron offensively. He, I mean, part of it was the GM building the team, but I mean, those, like you said, those offenses were always incredible. Right. Um, the year after they won the title, they had a historic offense in those playoffs. Like, in almost any other year, any other era, they would have probably waltzed to a title. They just ran into possibly the greatest team ever assembled. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Ty Lu, like I said, he's kind of underrated in terms of he's gotten really um, – he's put together really strong offenses. And like you said, they didn't really have defensive stalwarts. I would think – I was trying to think back through some of those teams. I mean, Ingram and Lonzo would be, like, two of the best defenders just from that point of view, like perimeter defenders. I'm not sure that there were many people, if any, during 
the cat those Cavs years that were as good defensively as those two are. Um, so I mean, it's he, they definitely prioritize offense over defense. I mean, it's hard to kind of criticize them because it got them a title. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Tyloo is underrated. I mean, and he has a relationship with LeBron, which again is something that sometimes is almost treated like a negative, but you need LeBron's buy-in on on this stuff. And that was a big question mark last year um, coming into the season. Would LeBron really buy into playing at such a high pace under Luke? And would LeBron buy into this from Luke and that? But you wouldn't have those questions with Ty Lue. Like, he's going to buy into whatever Ty Lue's saying um, and whatever Ty Lue's doing. And if nothing else, there would be a familiarity where LeBron can help teach some of the, the young guys and the new guys that um, will be there what Ty Lue wants done. So in that respect, I, you mentioned it before we went on about Monty Williams. Maybe like two years ago, maybe if we didn't have LeBron James, I would say Monty Williams should be the guy. Um, I really like him. I really think he could be another good coach uh, or a good coach again. But I think I think the pressure with this team in this upcoming season might be a bit much for a guy that's just hopping back into the coaching ranks after being out of it for what would be five years at that point. Um, Shoot, it might it might even be too much for Tyron Lue because if if we're if if you can recall, Tyron Lue had serious like anxiety issues while he was mm-hmm. coaching LeBron James in Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. Like I, I am, I hope they, they have an ambulance like at the stadium ready. I I have, I hope they have an on-site psychologist uh, if they bring in Tyron Lue. Cause man, if coaching LeBron James in the Eastern conference uh, was overwhelming for him, just imagine coaching LeBron James in LA on the Lakers and the Western conference, which isn't going to get any easier next year. The the other thing we haven't really talked about um, is that I think both Ty Lue and Monty Williams could both form really strong staffs. Um, Jawan Howard, I'm just, again, he's such a wild card in all this that it's hard to have any kind of prediction for him. Right. Um, Monty Williams has been around multiple organizations for multiple years. Um, and has gained a lot of connections um, through those times. So I think he could, um, I think he could pick and choose kind of around the league. He's a really well-respected guy. Um, a lot of people like him. I think he could bring in a really strong staff. And the same with Ty Lue. He's a championship-winning coach, um, coaching LeBron James. Um, so. I think he would kind of have his pick of the litter as well. I think, and like you mentioned, I had kind of honestly forgot about some of the health concerns. Um, so ha- finding a, a really good kind of second guy, associate head coach, mm-hmm. the position that uh, Brian Shaw had this year, finding a, a second guy in charge would be really important. Um, in uh in LA this year. But yeah, I mean, 
I think both those guys would be able to form really strong staffs, so and we saw again how important that was um, this season with Luke and how much it kind of backfired on him. So, um, yeah, I think in the in the long run, out of these guys, Ty Lue would probably be the one that I'd lean most towards. And really, unless you're going to pick some, like Ettore Messina has always been a guy I've looked at, but unless you're getting somebody like that, I think Ty Lue might be the best that you can find right now. And I I completely agree. I, I think, I, I ultimately think, if I had to make a prediction, I think Monty Williams gets the job. Um, mm-hmm. only because I think the front office wants to make a statement to free agents and LeBron James that they're the ones calling the shots, um, which is a little ridiculous to me because, again, you just they, they're a franchise that is n- notorious or famous, however you want to frame it, for being a superstar-first organization. And LeBron James is one of the biggest superstars they've had in years. If you're doing things just, you know, <laughs> to to show who's boss, it's not a great relationship to have. But the point being, um, if Monty's their guy, I think there's room for a solid foundation. I just don't know if he's that guy to get them over the hump uh, or at least, you know, get them as close as they can to win a championship with LeBron James. So, We'll see how that all plays out. Hopefully, by the next time we speak, we'll have something for you. But for now, your guess is as good as ours. That is our show for today. Jacob, thanks for joining me, pal. Thanks for taking the time out of your day, and good luck with your internet. (laughs) Please, uh, thoughts and prayers. You can send them my way. That'd be great. (laughs) Uh, If you enjoyed today's podcast, in spite of all of uh, the technical difficulties, uh, give us a nice little review on iTunes at the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. Uh, and we will see you all next time.